Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. And today we are previewing an NFL week four. Yes, we're already four, going to be four weeks into the NFL season. We have a bunch of storylines to cover, a great matchup between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes that will happen in Tampa Bay, and much more beginning with the 7.30 a.m. kick with the Minnesota Vikings, New Orleans Saints, and finishing with Sunday night football. Again, a great week for slate of action. We'll cover all of that and more here on this episode of the His and Hers podcast. All right, Paige, we are filming during the Thursday night football game between the Cincinnati Bengals and Miami Dolphins, so you'll catch an instant reaction to the things going on. It's currently in the fourth quarter. Um, like I mentioned, we have our first uh, London-Europe game of the year between the Vikings and the Saints. That kicks off at 9.30 Eastern time. Um, a full slate of games for this week and some really good matchups. Uh, between um, some pretty prominent teams, one that you wouldn't have thought of that, you know, be kind of a game to look forward to the Jaguars, Eagles, the Bills, Ravens is a really good one. Um, the Cardinals, Panthers, kind of a loser leaves town scenario. Same with the Broncos, Raiders, even though the Broncos are two and one feels like it's a lot worse than that. Uh, Patriots, Packers, a good one. And then that Sunday night football between Chiefs, Bucks and Monday night between the Rams and 49ers. Now, before we dive into it, um, there's been a little space in episodes, had a little uh, family incident happen over the last few days, um, week, you know, week and a half, really. So kind of threw us off our schedule. Paige was traveling as well, so it made for some differing schedules to get, to get a couple episodes done. But we're back, and we'll be back for the full slate of NFL um, coverage for the rest of the year. But Paige, looking at the week four, what games are you looking at that uh, bring you the most excitement for what should be a great week of football? Yeah, I think that I'm I'm trying to find the game that's like going to be a little bit different. I know people are mentioning the Chief Bucks game. My 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 concern there is that like I, the Bucks just haven't played good offense this year, and no, so I don't. I don't know. Like, I'm like, are we going to see like Tom Brady return to Tom Brady? Cause right now, like through three games, it's like not been very exciting to watch the Buccaneers. Their defense is what's <laughs> carried them through their games. Um, but obviously I have some stake in the game with the Broncos Raiders. I was pretty high on both of these teams four weeks ago. And even last week I was still defending the Raiders, but uh, they just look bad. And the Broncos, Dare I say it, they are two and one, but the Broncos look worse to me than the Raiders do. The Broncos look horrible, and I have no idea how they have won <laughs> some games. And so I think that's the team that, that that's really the like loser, loser goes home. Like in this, to me, it's like this is determinant of like who is actually going to uh, move up in that division and who's going to be kind of last place at this point. Yeah, I was able to rewatch um, the like a 30, you know, condensed version of the Raiders uh, Tennessee Titans game watching that back in the second half. It's just, and I'm sure, you know, I, I caught the highlights of the Cardinals game where they played the Raiders. And then I saw the highlights of the week one chargers Raiders game. And I can fully understand why chargers fan or not Chargers, excuse me. Raiders fans are so adamant that they could be three, and zero at this point, obviously everyone knows the Cardinal game. that was a hundred percent like a game that shouldn't have got away from them. But against the Titans, they were moving the ball up and down the field for a majority of the game. 
there were just small little things that caused them points in the red zone. You know, Derek Carr pick beyond like the five yard line being a tip pass that got intercepted being one of them. So I, it's funny, one team's 0-3, the other one's 2-1. and But I, I feel that the 0-3 team is the better team in that matchup. I think the Agreed. Raiders are a better football team. And the percentages are really low. Obviously, since 1990, I think it's 16, it's either six or eight teams have started 0-3 and made the playoffs. Uh, so history's not on the side, although the last year, another team's been added, another game added. So you're going to see some altering of those stats. But nonetheless, you're looking at a situation where, I mean, they got to get going at some point. You can't dig yourself too big of a hole. So this is a, you know, make it, break it type of game for a Raiders team that I do feel has a lot of talent. Um, and they should probably beat the Broncos. If they don't, I, I think we're all just kind of hyped them up a little too much anyway. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Like, especially with, I don't know, it's like Russell Wilson has just been playing crappy. I mean, he obviously had that. He had the game-winning touchdown drive against the 49ers on Sunday Night Football, but it hasn't been impressive football. It looks like a broken team. Nathaniel Hackett doesn't seem to, it's like first-year coaching woes, which I can kind of understand, but it just seems like he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Yeah, well, and then they hired the guy from the Baltimore Ravens to handle, uh, like, events in a game. So timeout management, situational awareness, going forward in certain situations. So the guy being his ear to help him make those decisions, which, you know what, credit to a guy to be able to look at something that he's failing in and quickly get a fix to it. You have to commend that. But it's also funny to me because that's what I view a head coaching primarily the job being is a game manager so it's funny that a head coach had to get someone to help him be and you you know you mentioned tampa bay bucks the one that i think that honestly think will be one of the best games of the day is the jacksonville jaguars playing in philadelphia against the eagles it's one that's gonna be an exciting game time. what are you looking forward to most in that game i don't know are jackson or the jaguars uh last year's um Bengals? I think so. Oh, I, think I don't it, know about that, but I know that they're they're a playoff team. I think they're I think they win that division. Agreed. I mean, it's just crazy. I think that we had kind of like set on that of like, you know, there is a chance that the Jaguars kind of have like they have an awesome quarterback who's in his second year. Like this could be the year he starts to shine. And so I just think it's pretty exciting to see what the Jaguars are doing. But yeah, I think that game is gonna be so fun. I think that's a really great matchup, especially two offensive offenses that have been falling out the past two weeks um, but not only that two defensive that has, defenses that have really stepped up in the last couple of games and so I'm excited to see that one um, the Eagles seem to be really capitalizing in the first half of games and so I'm interested to see if they carry on that if Jalen Hurts able to keep up his accuracy and just kind of see if they're able to kind of tip that over I think they're going to need to score some more points in this game against the Jaguars than they've had to to win their last couple of games um, sitting at 24, the last two wins. And so I'm, also, I'm yeah, like you so said, all scored in the first game. half. Really weird. Yeah. You don't see them very very interesting stat. Yeah. And so I'm excited to, I'm just excited to see those two go at it. It's like two really awesome teams right now. The Eagles to me look like they're undefeatable right now. They just look so good. Um, but I think that if the Jaguars, I think where uh, the Eagles, 
where the teams have failed that have played the Eagles is not being able to capitalize on on opportunities that were presented to them. I mean, we talk Vikings game, a blocked field goal and an interception that didn't capitalize into any points for the Vikings. And so I think if the Jacksonville Jaguars are able to make big plays and capitalize on those, that that's where they're going to take the edge over the Eagles. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think um, with the Eagles scoring being such a quick start, one, you just can't bury yourself. Um, and you got it. And, and I believe Doug Peterson, I think, is showing uh, how good of a coach he is um, and how well he handles quarterbacks and brings them up. Uh, obviously, with Carson Wentz, he led him to an, almost an MVP season back in 2017 with Jalen Hurts. Not, not that he's, you know, has really gotten him to the point, but he picked him out, drafted him. Uh, and actually played him on the back half of his last year in Philly, part of the reason they actually got fired. So I think there's a lot to like with the Jacksonville Jaguars um, coming into Philadelphia. That defense has given up a shutout two weeks ago, which in the NFL to shut anybody out is impressive. And then last week only given up 10 points uh, to a Chargers team that many picked as a sleeper Super Bowl contender. So are they the Bengals of last year? You know, I, I think it's there. So I do think that there's a chance um, that they could be last year's Cincinnati Bengals, right? One thing that you got that that I think is important when it comes to a team making a run is having the confidence going into the postseason and having a home playoff game. So with the Jackson Jaguars, I think they'll run away with the division personally. I think the division's pretty weak. I rewatched that Colts game, and I don't know how they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Texans are terrible and I don't think the Titans really all that good too. The Raiders should have won that game as well. So I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars are away at that division. So will the Eagles on the flip side. So I think this presents probably their best matchup, uh, best type of game to give them a real good test here for the next few weeks. Yeah, agreed. And speaking of the Cincinnati Bengals, they just got a major stop in this fourth quarter. They just stopped a Miami. Miami just punted the ball. So ball Bengals are getting it back up three. Yeah, I, th I think that they'll end up winning that game. It, it's tough. We, you know, talked that we were watching it live. Uh, the NFL is going to find them in an interesting situation with uh, Tua against the Bills, obviously getting uh, hit pretty hard. Everyone saw that his head snapped against the turf. He got up wobbling, and this is nothing news to anybody, but to have the game immediately follow, which is a short week, uh, and then to have a moment where he's obviously concussed and he does what they call fencing is when your body locks up. And there's been a few players that we've seen this happen to over the years. Uh, it's a tough look. The, the situation was already under investigation by the NFLPA, uh, but this will just make that investigation all more prominent. And I think, honestly, with this being a primetime game, a lot of people uh, having seen it, I think you'll see uh, some institutional changes in the the measuring required for such a quick turnaround for playing Thursday or Sunday afternoon and then playing Thursday night. I think there that there's going to be specific guidelines put in place that you're going to have to pass cognitive tests in order to be cleared to play on essentially four days, three days rest, four days later. Well, yeah, and it's rough, too, because a lot of the from the footage on Sunday, it looked like it was a head injury. And then later this week, obviously, we've gotten information that it wasn't the head that they were concerned about, that it was uh, that his 
um, back that had been spasming. But it's just not a good look when it looks clearly like there's a head injury and then you see on a primetime game him go down and have that lockup. That was a scary footage to see. And you just, with head injuries, it's so worrisome to see that. And so, yeah, I agree that it's going to be. And I think it doesn't help that not like Tua's situation to me is a little bit more intense. But we've also got Justin Herbert playing a week after he had some pretty serious rib injuries and he didn't, he was, you could tell he was in pain. He didn't look as good on Sunday. You could tell that he wasn't moving the way that Justin Herbert usually moves and that he was in a lot of pain throughout the game. And so I think that overall it's just going to open up conversations about like the safety, the protection of our QBs, protection of players and putting their health above anything else. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, in terms of the other games, you know, moving to back to the Sunday slate, um, you know, what are what's a game? I'll, I'll give you this. I'm going to put this category out there for you, okay? So I have three contestants for you. Um, you let me know which one fits the mold best. The I'll call it like the least amount of, amount of points scored slash shown the least amount on red zone. So that's kind of like the whole general category. Okay. We have the Steelers now granted the return of Zach Wilson for the Jets will be on Sunday so that'll be a little bit of excitement but Jets Steelers Bears Giants and Titans Colts which one of those three games is going to be shown least on red zone to the point where you forget that it's even happening Mm. I have mine I'm going to go with the uh I think the Jet Steelers. They'll be Sean Lee's. Yeah. 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 I think the Steelers. I just think, I just think that Steelers defense is pretty good. Uh, Steelers offense is pretty disappointing. And so it's like, not that the Jets defense is great, but I think it's going to be a pretty low scoring game and just a lot of punting. So I don't anticipate that being shown a lot. I think, and the reason I'm saying that is because I believe in Nick Fabrell too much to think that the Titans won't ball out on these Colts teams right now. I think yeah. the Titans, I think that the Titans will score. I think that that's going to be a fun game. Um, and then Bears Giants, uh, obviously Bears sitting at two and one is just confusing. I think absolutely well, everyone, but yeah. I think that the Giants, the Giants have like, they're, they've been playing good. They obviously lost last week, but I think we'll see some exciting moves from Saquon Barkley. So I think we're going to see the Giants on red zone. Yeah. I mean, what's hilarious is that walking away from this week, either the Bears or Giants, one of them has to leave the week three and one. Kind of crazy. Um, I But I, I'm going to shift, and I think that one's going to be the one that's shown the least on red zone. Justin Because Field, Justin Fields is going to throw three passes. He's completed 23 passes in three weeks insanity i don't know if the stat still stands but as a week two or was week two yeah it was after it was after three weeks three weeks of football um he out of 32 starting quarterbacks in the nfl he was 33rd in in attempts and completions it's like tim tebow or Taysom hill football like but you don't uh, yeah but yeah it's just it's backwards the defense is pretty stout and i think the giants defense is opportunistic uh, Daniel Dimes on the other side. We had to endure that on Monday Night Football. And credit to him. I mean, his offensive line didn't give him any help against a tough Cowboys front. 
But regardless, I think those three games, the 11 o'clock for us, one o'clock Eastern time slate, it, it, it gets a little rough. Um, you know, I think like we already talked about the Jaguars, Eagles, but then you got Browns, Falcons, Commanders, Cowboys, uh, and then Bills, Ravens. So really you got two, like already week four, you can kind of start seeing the separation of teams uh, uh, just enough to where, you know, where you should probably pay your attention to. Um, we, you know, obviously with the things that happened last week, we didn't get a chance to recap and talk about the Lions, but they play in Detroit against the Seahawks. Um, my impression walking away from the Lions is I think they're, they're going to be pretty tough uh, and more so than last year because I think they're going to close out a lot of those football games because I do feel the talent is there a lot more. Uh, I think that they end up, you know, if you want to do bull take of the week, I think they're going to end up beating the Seahawks by two or more touchdowns because uh, that that offense is pretty potent and there's nothing on Seattle minus DK Metcalf that gives me any worry or any like thought that the Seahawks can move the football. Are you saying that you're writing off Geno Smith? And he isn't right back this time, <laughs> or maybe he will because. Um. You trademarked that, and it's been all downhill since. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think the Lions are going to walk away with that win pretty easily. And I think that the Lions are in one of those sweet positions this year, especially Dan Campbell, where they can take a lot more risks than a lot of teams can in their play calling and in their play strategy because nobody expects them to be like a playoff uh, contender in terms of a Super Bowl this year. But – they are good enough that people do like want them to take risks and win football yeah. games. And so yeah. I just think that that's where they kind of had their sweet spot this year. And I think that they're, that's why Dan Campbell's able to do things like go for, go for like six fourth downs, go for it on six fourth downs in a game against the Vikings, which they almost pull out a win. And so I just think that we're going to see more of that risk taking from Dan Campbell. You could see that he regretted in the post-conference game after the Vikings win, he regretted not going for that fourth down and attempting that field goal that they ended up missing. And so I just think that that's going to fuel Dan Campbell this week. And we're going to see, I bet he's probably going to pull out an onside kick. He's probably going to pull out these weird little things that Dan Campbell likes to do with this Lions offense that I think will ultimately be to their benefit. And I think that they're going to come out on top of the Seahawks. But I think that maybe the NFL put up some of these kind of boring matchups because we have two like insanely exciting games that I think are going to be super fun. And they just didn't want to overwhelm us with too much red zone switching. (laughs) Because that's with the Jaguars and Eagles being at that 11 a.m. slot, as well as the Bills Ravens. The Bills-Ravens is one of the games I am most excited for just because I'm one of those people that I love a good offensive game, and I just think we're going to see a great offensive game between these two teams. I'm just excited to see Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen kind of go head-to-head and have some really awesome throws and just fun touchdowns. Yeah, I think it's it's a pretty important game for both teams, right? When you eliminate – you know, as we've talked about before, when you eliminate the second seed by where now it's just the number one seed and you start playing these games early on the season, first weekend of October, they start meaning a ton because this game can carry on for two teams. We expect to be competing for that final, you know, that number one seed only by um, and it's in Baltimore, which gives them a pretty good advantage. Uh, they got a pretty good home field advantage there in in Baltimore. I still see the Bills pulling it out. I mean, they should have. They should be three and zero. There's a lot of dumb things not being able to clock it twice before the end of the first half and end of the second. Um, and 
you know, being stopped in the goal line, not being able to, I mean, they, they ran 90 plays uh, on Sunday against the Dolphins. 90. And you're telling me, I mean, you look at that box where the Dolphins only ran 39. If you if you flash that stat in front of me, I thought that the Bills would have won 42 to 6 or something mm-hmm. like that. So I don't think uh, Lightning will strike twice as good as Lamar has been. The secondary for the Ravens has been toasted. I mean, Mac Jones was truly moving the ball up and down the field, and they were able to have a lot of success. And we already know what Miami did to him. So I think Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, um, and that offense are just going to move the ball up and down at will. And Lamar will match it punch for punch. I just think it's going to be really hard because there's questions on if the Bills secondary will be there to play. They signed a uh, longtime Viking, Xavier Rhodes. He was reunited with Leslie Frazier, uh, who was there with him in the beginning of his career. Uh, so I think that they'll start getting healthy and, and, and sure up that back end. The defensive line for the Bills is really good. They'll probably be a good game plan to crowd Lamar as best as possible because it's impossible to do it fully. And I think that the Buffalo will squeak out a win there. But you're right. It's going to be it's going to be one heck of a football game. That's for sure. Well, yeah. And I think that we could you could see it that it's funny always. Be, it's funny being the person that has to say, like, the weather plays a role. But I think that there is something to say about playing in Miami in September. Like, it's just it's a different field. And you could just see oh, that yeah. the Bills players were gassed by the fourth quarter. And so I think it's great that those teams with the rivalry that they have and being um, that they have the opportunity to play in each other's fields um, at the extremes of their seasons because Miami yes. has to go back up to the Bills in December and play in the frigid cold. <laughs> and so it'll kind of even out that way. But yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, and also I just think that the Bills are too good of a team. I mean, the two, the first two weeks, they're, they had the other teams had no chance. And so I think that them coming off of a loss to the Dolphins, like that's not going to sit well with Josh Allen. <laughs> and you know that he's been just sitting, he hasn't gone a minute without thinking about Sunday's game. And so I just know that he's going to come out and ball out. And I think that it'll, it'll be fun, but I do agree that I think the bills are going to come out on top. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, think... I just, I need Lamar to just score another uh, 49 points for me in fantasy though. That's the only chance. That's the only chance to have. <laughs> um, you know, the Browns Falcons is a game that interests me because obviously, if you're a Browns fan, you're sitting there thinking we should be three and zero from that week two disaster. However, as a team, you're just looking at we have just got to tread water um, until Deshaun Watson gets back. That's the entire that entire mentality that they're that they have. So they're playing the Falcons. In Atlanta, and the Falcons' offense has proved to be Marcus Mariota has proved to be uh, potent. They've been scoring points, uh, actually a lot of fun to watch, and you know they've been in every single one of their games as well. So this should be one that is kind of one that slept on a little bit, but turns out to be an actual really fun football game. I think there's going to be a good amount of points. Um, but looking at what the Browns have ahead of them, uh, that you know they got the Falcons this week, then they play at home against the Chargers, but. The Chargers are decimated injuries, and that's the very interesting about football is when you look at the beginning of the year and you're like, ooh, that's a tough one, that's a tough one, and it still is going to be a, a challenging game for them. But certain things break in certain ways that change the dynamics of, of a season, and the same is that they play the Patriots the week after at home, but that's more than likely going to be without Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer's going to be under center. And so all of a sudden you're looking at a situation where the Browns could be 
five and one at the best case, I think at least four and two. And all of a sudden, when you're at four and two, you're, you know, about four or five games away from Lamar coming back. And it's like, wow, there's there's some real chance that the Browns are going to be the number one contender um, in the AFC when they get that uh, all pro quarterback back. So one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on just for the implications it carries down the down the rest of the season. And I think a game that will be surprisingly fun in that early window. Um, obviously, a game that lost some luster. The Patriots are traveling to Green Bay. Uh, it was reported that Mac Jones has a severe high ankle surgery high that will, or high ankle sprain that will more than likely need surgery. Is there any chance that Brian Hoyer uh, can go into Green Bay and beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? I mean, weirder things have happened. It's true, but not, I'm not, not many. I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put not money. On, I wouldn't put money on it. If I were, <laughs> if I were a betting man, I well, I guess it depends on how much money I have because it might be a fun bet to just see. Because if you if you win that, that could be pretty cool. Um, but no. I think that I think that the Packers will will put a smack down on the Patriots this week. <laughs> like eat pretty handedly. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I, I I unfortunately for me, as much as I hate seeing the Packers win, um, I think, you know, that's the one thing is the two thoughts I had when you talked about easy schedule, the Eagles, um, I think they're gonna be a strong contender for the number one seed. Uh, just how the schedule plays out for them. They play on the road against the Cardinals after the Jaguars this week, on the road against Arizona, which is just a funky team. We, we'll get to that. They play home against the Eagles, home against the Steelers, uh, in Houston, at home against Washington, um, against Indianapolis, home against the Packers. Uh, it seems like a lot of their big games, much like the Vikings, as we've talked about before, are at home. Like even the Saints later on the season are in Philadelphia. Uh, it's very, very important. And so to build upon that thought, same, same as with the Packers, you look at the Packers next list of games after the Patriots, which anytime playing Bill Belichick is going to be tough, but they play the Patriots at home. They play the Giants at home. They play the Jets at home. And then they're in Washington until the, and then they face the Bills. So I'm looking at where the Packers are going to win the next four. They're going to be six and one going into November, the middle of November or the end of October and all that love and support of Aaron Rodgers can be right back to, to where it was. And he's going to be looking like MVP candidate because that slate of games, three of them at home against weaker opponents. It's not what you want if you're a Packer hater, because it's an opportunity for all the wide receivers and Aaron Rodgers to get to on the same it out. page, which is unfortunate because that's the last thing that I want personally. <laughs> Just want continued failure for that team overall. And you kind of glanced on a little bit the Bucks uh Chiefs game. Obviously, the Bucks games haven't lived up to the hype because the offense can't punch it into the end zone. What are you looking at this game? Obviously, can Patrick Mahomes re uh like what's the word? That Super Bowl loss a couple of years ago. Can he exercise some demons and you know put a beat down on a team that caused him a lot of problems in that Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like obviously the talk all offseason, what's Tyree Kill left for Miami was uh, what is Patrick Mahomes going to do without Tyree Kill? What does that offense look like? And while the Chiefs still look really good, I think you have like I think you can you can admit that uh, 
we like he is missing Tyreek Hill in terms of like huge explosive plays that Patrick Mahomes was throwing last year. And so like you can't it's just you can't replace the speed of Tyreek Hill. And because of that, you're not going to be able to replicate the same style of play and the same like length of plays like you're not going to get the same yardage. And so I think that the one thing that uh, is interesting about this game is that the Bucks defense is so good like they are so insanely good that i don't think it's going to be a high scoring game but i trust in patrick mahomes enough that i think that he's an andy reed enough that they're going to find a way to capitalize i think the biggest piece on that is i think that if the chiefs defense is able to step up and get a turnover or two in this game then that's what's going to propel them over the finish it's up to the defense of the chiefs to make sure that the chiefs have the ball enough times to and that they can drain the clock enough um because i mean i don't know i'm like maybe this is the week that all of a sudden the bucks offense looks a lot better but i just don't think that that's the case with what we've been seeing it looks like they're still they're still really missing godwin um obviously we do have mike evans returning this week which is also going to be a big play for the bucks um but yeah i think that i think it'll be a good game i'm i'm choosing the chiefs in this one but uh i think majority of my life i've regretted that like betting against tom brady so we'll see on sunday night if that was a good decision <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think that the chiefs had their game against the colts of a moment of just the weird stuff happening uh, like I said, I, I watched the condensed version of that game, which I enjoy doing because it gives you the game flow, you know, because highlights just show you the the big parts of it. But the, the beauty of football is there's so many first and second downs that get in like that build up to those big plays uh, on either side. And so I, I watched it looking back. and I'm like, how did they lose to the Colts? Like it was one of the weirdest um and you know talking about the Colts you glanced over it, but Matt Ryan looks done I mean the guy looks old can't make the throws I don't know that's gonna be a rough year for him I think the rest of the season I'm gonna be wondering like how did they beat the Chiefs <laughs> like that's I mean the rest of the season yeah like the Chiefs could lose this game because you know it's Tom Brady and it's the Tampa Bay defense it's in Tampa there's a lot of things working against them but the biggest thing they have working for them is the best player in football Patrick Mahomes and, you know, there were a lot of plays that the, the Kansas City Chiefs missed on Sunday that I think they watch back. Uh, and it's kind of it's human nature, even though it's a big, you know, it's only the third week of the NFL season. You know, they had played a couple tough games. The Chiefs did. They go into a team that just got shut up by the Jaguars. And it just they're not a division rival. Uh, they're not someone they really see a ton, even though they are in conference. So, like, it just was, I think, a letdown spot for them. Well, you don't get a letdown spot on Sunday Night Football against Tom Brady. And so I well, think that's the one big place. Is that the one thing I've been thinking about all week is I'm like, do you think it's one of those cases where, like, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs had kind of just, like, surpassed? Like, they didn't let themselves think about the Colts very much because Chief, because Patrick Mahomes has been thinking about the Super Bowl matchup rematch that's happening. <laughs> like, I do think that that's a possibility of, like, sometimes as a player – like when you're playing a team that you don't really care for, I, it's probably easy to just kind of like forget about the upcoming week and think like, okay, we'll have that one handled. Like it's Matt Ryan. Like I'm going to be thinking about my strategy against Tom Brady. And so I do wonder if that plays a role in the mental state of the players of thinking about thinking ahead to the next bigger game rather than the oh, one yeah. that they have facing them. No. And, you know, obviously I never dealt with it 
on any like high professional level where their lives are completely different. But I mean, there are times in, in high school and college sports where you get off a big game um, against like teams, you know, people that you hate, people that you have, you know, that are your rivals with, where the stadium is packed and everyone has uh, the adrenaline running. And then you show up a couple of days later and it's quiet. There, you know, it's not a ton of people there. The music isn't really loud and it's like, okay, like, I guess we're playing, but your heart's just not into it. And I think it's impossible to be playing at a hundred all the time. Yeah. And so naturally you're going to get ebbs and flow. And that's why, you know, it's very important that you just stay, hang around long enough to, to pull out the win in the end. Because if you just play close enough football in those games, that you don't play and execute very well. Patrick Mahomes is going to win you a lot of football games. Like, if you just give him the ball, if, if you get to the end of a game and you say, all right, Patrick Mahomes has a ball with a chance to win at the end of the game. You're like, okay, I'll take that not every time. I, I feel as I can see Chief fan, like I'll take that every time. I trust that he's going to get it done because like you saw in the AFC division round against the Bills, 13 seconds left or 23, whatever it was, he got it done. So there's nothing to be really concerned about with the Chiefs. I honestly – um, I think the Chiefs go out and beat the Bucks. I'm not. It's not going to be some blowout, but I think they. I think Patrick Mahomes is ready to put on a show. Uh, you know, it's. Is this his first primetime game of the year? Because what? Who they play week one? It was just oh in Arizona. It was like a late window game, um, and then who they play week two? I can't even remember. No, they played Thursday night football against the Chargers, so that was a primetime. Um, but you know, Sunday night football is like the game. You know, like. Thursday night football is kind of, you know, especially new with Amazon Prime there week one. People are still trying to log in. They didn't know where to find the game. Uh, Sunday night football is the game that is the most watched. It is like where everyone finishes their Sunday night with. Uh, so this is a big moment for him to kind of ball out and let everyone know, like, hey, I'm still I'm still the guy in this league. I know you like your flavor of the month with Justin Herbert, with Jalen Hurts, like these guys that pop up, Lamar Jackson to an extent that I'm I'm Patrick Mahomes. I'm a former MVP. I'm the best player in this league. And think about when he throws four or five touchdowns. This is just kind of big news in this game that we're watching. Uh, Bridgewater just threw a pick. So yeah, you're you're you're, uh, you're a little bit behind because uh, the Bengals just scored. So <laughs> it, come on, Amazon Prime. <laughs> I think. Did you like pause it on a different device? Because I guarantee if you hit your thing forward, ah, it'll bump ahead. Because like there's no way my Amazon Prime is a, like that, that happened a long time ago. That's hilarious. My movement <laughs> in like slow motion. Okay. Well so you'll get Zach's we, you'll get Zach's original reaction, then my reaction will come <laughs> four minutes later. There'll be a separate <laughs> podcast for that. Just wild. Uh, okay, Bengals. Bengals are balling. They're going to beat yeah. the Dolphins here. And obviously, we talked about the story coming out of it, but uh, it finished uh, Joe Burrow through a pass to Hayden Hurst from the two-yard line and make it 27-15. The Dolphins have the ball. Um, they don't have any timeouts. They're on the 50. But So, obviously, the Bengals will probably wrap this up unless they uh, finish with some type of Cleveland Brown collapse. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, you kind of wonder how long two is going to be out. Um, and then for the Bengals, I mean, things are starting to come together for them. It, the offensive line played relatively well, better than they have. They have they have a little mini buy because they don't have to play till the 9th of October next Sunday against the Ravens in Baltimore. So they get they get to be they put their feet up, get to rest, watch the Ravens get you know, and the Bills battle 
and then uh, and prepare for them next week. So the Bengals seem to you know seem to be getting their feet underneath them, um, and in in a season that they really should be three and one. I mean that week one game against the Steelers, their long snapper doesn't get hurt, they win that in regulation. So I think they feel pretty confident uh, about where they're at and. I mean, why wouldn't you have Joe Burrow and the offensive weapons that they have? I think things are coming together. Yeah, and I think they should stick with these uh, white uniforms. I think this is one of the best uniforms oh, in football. With the white helmet? They debuted that first time tonight? That thing looks so good. Yeah, one of the best uniforms in football for sure. Oh, my gosh. So let's, wrap up, with, let's wrap up with the uh, the Monday night football matchup. Rams between. 49ers. And I don't, I don't think we could have watched a worse Sunday night oh. football game. Painful. That Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners rolled out last week, but what? But also, what do you think? What do you think? This is my thing: is that like every year, offensive playbooks change, and coaches make different decisions. And Jimmy G was kept out a lot of those conversations because they're oh, not, no, gonna not, not a lot, all of them. He didn't. He's he like, didn't roll back in until the week one. Well, and it's like he—they're not gonna—he's not gonna have access to any of that playbook when they're anticipating getting rid of him and sending him to yeah. another offense so that he can give them their secrets. And so it's like Jimmy G comes out here having one of the weirdest off seasons of all time, I would say. Yes. And then uh, Trey Lance gets hurt; he gets thrown in a game. He wins. He has one week to prep to truly prep to play. And that was just a weird Sunday night football. Was weird. Obviously, he has a his own fault safety in the end zone, which is just kind of funny, not near as bad as some of the in uh, on fault in safeties things that we've seen in the NFL before. But I just think that like, we got to give the guy a little bit of a break. Like he's just taking on this whole new role. That wasn't like half of his brain was thinking he was going to be on another team. And so I think that we're going to see Jimmy G back at a kind of more Jimmy G style of play. Uh, which is like obviously not the greatest football player ever, but he's going to be productive. He's going to get stuff done. I think him and Matthew Stafford at this point are a pretty even match in my eyes in terms of uh, their efficiency. And so I think it'll be a fun game. Um, I'm just hoping for like a better scoring game, some more excitement on offense. Um, and then just some, I just want to see some Aaron Donald. I just want him to see him like do some weird stuff, not, obviously hurt Jimmy G, but I want to see him like chase Jimmy G around the field and scare him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, obviously last year they were, uh, they met three times. The last one being in the NFC championship game where the Los Angeles Rams won 17 to 20. I do remember last year, I, I believe it was a Sunday night football game. Maybe it was Monday night where it was in uh, San Francisco. The Niners had gone on a little bit of a slide. Um, and then the Rams rolled into town, and it was the first game Odell Beckham uh, was playing for the Los Angeles Rams. And the very first play, they hit him like on a quick smoke screen. But on the first drive, Matthew Stafford tried to air it out to Odell, and it got in, you know picked off. And then the uh, the San Francisco 49ers just put the beat down on it. What was the score? Yeah, thirty-one to ten um, was the first matchup in San Francisco, and then they met on the last week of the year and it was for the division uh or you know it wasn't it was the san francisco 49ers beat them 27 to 24 but then the cardinals won so they ended up it was the, the division was between the cardinals and the rams that's where I'm, I'm getting confused but anyway so historically in the regular season kyle shanahan has owned sean mcveigh like the last i think they have a four game winning streak in 
the regular season. Yeah, the 23-20 in 2020, and then 24-16. So the last four, the 49ers have won in the regular season. Obviously, the, the Rams just won the most important one last year. But I think that the 49ers will probably beat the Rams. I haven't seen anything from the Rams that makes me think that they're anything close to what they were last year. No, agreed. Uh, they're just not they're not the same team. They're not playing the same way and they're not playing the same teams. I think is the biggest thing is that all of these teams have uh, developed. They know how to beat the, I just think that the teams have developed strategies that they know how to beat the Rams now, especially with the weapons that the Rams lost. And so I think we'll see the 49ers on top. Jimmy G will smile again. Are you saying that just because you think he's handsome? No, I'm not. I'm not a big Jimmy G fan. He's not like, obviously he's handsome, but he's not my type. Is he too handsome? Too handsome for me. Too chi- too chiseled. The jaw's just too. The jaw jawline's too perfect. Yeah, I'm more of like a Saquon Barkley kind of guy, gal. I mean, <laughs> wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's a handsome man too. Next lie. next episode, we will list our top ten hottest players in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I'll be a part of that as well. <laughs> um, the other games that we really haven't touched on, uh, the Cooper Rush era, 3-0, or 3-0 as a starter, 2-0 this year. There's been some talk from Cowboy Land, Dak Prescott, not ruling out a return. He got the stitches out of his thumb. I think it would be, I don't know what the stronger word than idiotic is without getting offensive, but it would be one of the dumbest things that they did. If, if, they, if they're obviously, they, they can win games without, uh, Dak Prescott. It's at home. It's against Washington. Just let Cooper Rush go out there, and manage game, and and see how long you can tread water because you don't even have to go back that far. You just got to go back to last year when Russell Wilson came back after three weeks or something from the, not the same but similar thumb injury, and was terrible for the first four weeks after coming back because he wasn't healthy. So if you're winning and you're not, you know, the the boat isn't sinking then just don't worry about it. Let Cooper Rush go out there. He can beat the Washington Commanders. He beat a better Cincinnati Bengals team at home. So he, he can get the job done. Let him continue to get the job done. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on that, but obviously Carson Wentz uh, era got off to a, a strong start, and it's kind of fallen off a little bit since. Yeah, and I, I agree with you that I just don't think that this is the game that you risk bringing Dak back too early and risk him getting hurt more, especially because Cooper Rush is playing well. But not only that, it's like I think one of the coolest things and one thing that I really like about Dak Prescott is that he is involved in these games. Like he is not letting himself sit idly on the sidelines. Like you see him, he's got the headset on, he is involved, he's cheering, he's high-fiving, like he's a part of that team. And they, that team knows that Dak is their leader. And so I think that with the respect that he has from his teammates, the respect that Cooper, Cooper has for him, I just think don't risk it. Let Dak get fully healed. You're winning football games. Let him get fully healed before you bring him back. Yeah, and no one, there's no one in Dallas that thinks what you're seeing from Cooper is better than what you see from Dak. Yeah, I mean, no one's, and if they are thinking that, then they don't know football very well, to be honest. No, because... Like, I think what Cooper Rush has done is has given himself a 10, 12-year Chase Daniel-type career in the NFL. I think that's awesome because he's shown he could come in, doesn't ruin football games, and he, and he wins big games. I mean, obviously, 3-0. and So it's like, don't ruin a good thing um, and what you have going for your team just because you want to get your 
really highly paid, expensive quarterback because all that matters is that you're winning and to get that high investment. Because what the worst thing you can do is brush him back when he's not healthy and then all of a sudden he, he loses a game because he wasn't making the correct throws or he couldn't put the same velocity on it. And then you want to – Dallas Cowboy fans aren't very – uh, patient, even though they haven't had anything in 30 years, they're not patient. And all of a sudden, now you're going to start hearing chatter about Cooper Rush. So mm-hmm. I just don't see why you would do that. Um, Cardinals, Panthers, kind of an interesting matchup. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Murray, obviously their history, both one and two teams. Uh, I honestly think that the the Panthers are going to go in the defense a little bit better than what I've seen from Arizona. So I think the Panthers are going to go in and win. Um, I don't know if you have a strong opinion on that game. Uh, I do I think know. it's going to be pretty interesting. I, I think that I'm like a little bit angry. Not I'm not that invested in the Panthers, but I was expecting the Baker Mayfield Panthers team to just be a lot better than it has been. And so I feel like I'm like underwhelmed by their performance. And so I could see I could see either of these teams pulling it out. I think Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield are kind of actually a fun matchup in my eyes. I think that this could be a fun football game, but um, I think I'll go with the Cardinals on that one. Yeah, and you could sway me either way. I just haven't seen anything from the first half of the Cardinals so far that makes me think they have a competent game plan put together. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's Baker. It's Matt Rule. They haven't won a, won a lot of games recently, so I could definitely see it being the other way too. Uh, and then the last one I think we haven't really – well, we uh, obviously the Vikings Saints seven thirty in the morning. But if you want to hear our breakdown of that, check out our Skull Edition uh, podcast where we cover the Vikings extensively. We'll cover that game and what we think of it um, uh, for the Vikings. But the last one just be, I believe, Chargers Texans. We didn't really touch on it, but um, kind of a very interesting spot for the Chargers. You know, they started one and zero. They had that Monday, the Thursday night game where they were clearly playing at the level or better than the chiefs. Most of the game had a pick six that went the other way on a, on a bad uh, read between the wide receiver quarterback. And then they just get obliterated at home by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So their season, all of a sudden, obviously injuries have racked up for them, but I feel like you say that every year with the chargers, man, if they were healthy, they'd be, they'd be right there. Uh, but they got it. Like they they got to go in and beat the Texans. Like I, I think you cannot start one and three. Um, yeah. Obviously, Justin Herbert isn't healthy, but no one is. But if he's playing that bad, you got to sit him. Yep. That's why you have a, a backup quarterback like Chase Daniel. But what do you think? I mean, they have to win the game. I don't think that you know you can go in and lose the zero and three Texans, or else the season quickly hey, is going to get out of hand. Oh, two and one Texans, sir. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's my bad. That's on me. The only 0-3 team is the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is like, it's kind of like that same mentality of like Broncos Raiders of like, this is a win or go home game. And it's kind of funny because so many people were hot on the Chargers of saying like, this is going to be like the NFC Bills. Like they're going to be awesome. They're just going to crush everybody. And we just haven't seen that caliber of play from them. And so it's like, they have to step up. Like that's this down to it of like, this team has a lot of promise in terms of the talent that they have. And so we'll see if they can put it together. Yeah. And I think that they're the media darlings. And so if they start one and three, I think you'll start hearing a little chatter about Brandon Staley, the fan base in Los Angeles isn't strong enough to really start that going, but I think that would be non-existent. I think there's like four fans. 
that is all right so i'll i'll start from the top uh give me give me 60 seconds and i'll uh give you my predictions for this week's game tell me when i'm good you are on the clock obviously the vikings are gonna put a beat down on the saints like i said check out our skull edition podcast where we will cover that in detail uh we look at the seahawks lines i think the Lions will get that done i think the steelers will beat the jets at home and i think you may see a little kenny pickett uh, I think the Giants will beat the Bears. I believe the Titans will beat the Colts because Matt Ryan is a just an old man. Uh, then I believe the Chargers will beat the Texans. I think the Browns will beat the Falcons. The Cowboys will beat the Commanders. The Jaguars are going to beat the Eagles. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are for real, Ooh. and they're going to put a beat down. Not a beat down, but they're going to beat the Eagles. Doug Peterson gets his revenge. Uh, the who this one's a tough one. I don't trust that secondary for the Ravens, and I trust Josh Allen a lot more. I think the Bills are gonna are gonna beat the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Panthers will beat the Cardinals. They got the home field advantage there. Uh, I think the Raiders will beat the Broncos. The Packers will beat the Patriots. The Chiefs will beat the Bucks, and the Niners will beat the Rams. Boom. There you go. All right. What do you think? All righty. Uh, I think the Vikings are gonna beat the Saints. I think Lions Lions over Seahawks, uh, Steelers over Jets, Giants over Bears, Titans over the Colts, Chargers over the Texans, Browns over the Falcons, Cowboys over the Commanders, Eagles over the Jaguars. Believe in them, but I think it's going to be close at the end. Uh, I think the Bills are going to beat the Ravens, also in a close game. I think the Cardinals are going to come out on top of the Panthers. The Raiders... For the love, better beat the Broncos. Um, <laughs> Packers are going to put a smackdown on the Patriots. Chiefs will beat the Bucks in the Super Bowl rematch. And the 49ers will beat the Rams on Monday Night Football. So we disagreed on two. You got the Cardinals. I got the Panthers. And then I have the Jaguars and you have the Eagles. Everything else is the same. All right. I And that's the funny thing is I could obviously see him go either way. Um, well, how this all- the nice thing about football is we got a 50 50 chance of being right all the time. In That's everything. right. And the thing is, is I always think there's there's always like an upset a week. And a lot of people would, even though the Jaguars have shown that they can put a beat down, um, that I think that would surprise a lot of people because the Eagles are definitely the, the you know, kind of the team everyone's loving on early on. So, all right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the His and Hers podcast uh, covering week four previewing week four of the nfl season uh again his and her podcast can be found wherever you stream your favorite podcast apple uh, podcast spotify whatever app i think i submitted it on every single one ways i don't know there's a bunch of different ones you could find it there i promise thank you so much for tuning in uh tune in later on this week for our reactions to see how correct we both were on our opinions and to see me predict a perfect week. That'll be later on this week. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.